Hey, we're glad you're here. I'm Anna. And I'm Ariana, and we are The Authentic Collective. In this podcast, we take you on our journeys to becoming our authentic selves through stories, discussions, and revelations. We discuss things like boundaries, relationships, spirituality, therapy, and self-love. You can find us here weekly, and be sure to follow along on Instagram at the underscore authentic underscore collective, where we have more of your favorite content. We are so excited to embark on this journey together and with you as well. Get comfy, listen in, and dive deep. Hey. Hey. Episode six. Episode six. What are we talking about today? We are talking about boundaries, which we've just sat here for like five minutes and freaked out about internally because we haven't talked about it in so long, like since Clubhouse. It was one of our first episodes of Clubhouse. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about boundaries because as much as it makes me uncomfortable, it also feels empowering because I was so bad at it for so long. And now I feel like I'm really good at it. So (laughs) the way you nodded, you're like, yeah. I agree with that. That's (laughs) what I was going to add is like, I feel like even in the however many, you know, half year that we've been doing this, I've learned a lot about my boundaries and what boundaries are and kind of what how to establish them how to maintain them Mm -hmm. and how to check yourself how to check yourself before you wreck yourself (laughs) have you never heard that why should i have (laughs) why did you just look like in middle school (laughs) dare (laughs) dare anyone (laughs) don't do drugs Um, so when we talk about boundaries this like topic resonates with a lot of people i feel like because it's something that people actively try to be better at Mm. um and people feel like automatically maybe they just aren't good at it which is definitely how I used to be I definitely felt like I was naturally really horrible at establishing and keeping and maintaining boundaries I was bad at deciding when I needed boundaries and what situations with who with myself I didn't even I had no concept of self boundaries so it's one of those things that as we've talked about it in authentic collective it's just sort of become more natural for me in my everyday life and it just makes me feel I mean it's just protected me like honestly like having boundaries has just been like a form of self-protection so when we say boundaries what are we talking about let's let's like get the specifics for what we're talking about when we say boundaries I have a quick follow-up question to that Ooh, follow-up question <laughs> no this is very simple do you know anybody under the age of 23 who has successful good boundaries my sister <laughs> shout out sister but do yeah. you like Other do our that, friends no our parents no so i think that's why boundaries are so important to us because yeah. we realize that <clears throat> most people not even that you may be bad at it that mm-hmm. you just don't know you just and you know. think you know but you don't know you think yeah absolutely so what are we talking about boundaries so i think kind of from our perspective and what we've gathered from authentic collective as well mm-hmm. as just through the months and, you know, leaps of growth that we have had. Yeah. Um, I think boundaries are, they're not tangible things. They can be, but I think boundaries almost go hand in hand with self-love, self-respect. You said empowerment. I like that. Mm-hmm. Let's link it in. Um, self-love, self-respect, self-understanding. And communication, because to have successful boundaries, you have to successfully communicate them for Mm. people to understand boundaries you need, as well as 
communication with yourself. So let's do this because all that is perfect. So before we talk about, (laughs) I'll be here all night (laughs) because you're perfect. (laughs) So before we talk about successful boundaries, let's talk about what do unsuccessful boundaries look like? Like let's in our lives, what does it Mm. look like for us to not have boundaries? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Uh, Just like not allowing myself to have emotions I want because of other people's feelings. Mm. My lack of boundaries was always, was always shining through me trying to regulate other people's feelings. Wow. Which is like really sad when you think about it for a second. But that's huge. What about you? (laughs) I'm like, um, (laughs) welcome back. Yikes. Um, what's like the first thing? Like you can remember, like you recognize it's a boundary. You recognize it's a failed boundary. Being a people pleaser. There it is. There it is. (laughs) I say there it is because honestly, that's most people's boundaries. Yeah. I think boundaries fall, sorry, failed boundaries fall into very few categories because most people I think have the same ones. And I think what I have as well as what you have, a lot of people have it because I've seen so much talk about it. Yeah. Okay, so what's your story then with that? What what did that look like for you to not be able to express your own? Are you saying you couldn't express your own emotions because you were too worried about how people would feel? Yes, expression as well as just feeling them. Okay. Um, I mean, it definitely has to do with household and parents creating a safe environment to express my feelings. Yeah. I was, just as many of us in my generation did, we not only had to try to understand our feelings, but a lot of our parents put their feelings on top of us. And, you know, parents, I think, can be a whole nother topic that we can have. We love them. We understand them. But there are things that we are breaking in our generational, you know, so-called curses that our parents have given us. So for me, it was definitely household. That was a huge one for me. Like, not being able to... Not being able to say no, because they're my parents... Um, and having to almost take on that emotional burden from them without saying no, putting a boundary and feeling it myself. Yeah. Um, also a cultural thing for sure as well. Yeah. Like my parents are very, um, I like therapy was never really an option. Um, things like that weren't discussed in my household. So it really was like, take it because we said so, cause we're your parents. Mm. Um, which I love my parents to death, and this is something that we've definitely worked on, and they have worked on, um, and I think I have just become more empathetic and understanding, but I have also started to set my boundary a lot more. Hmm. Um, and then probably the progression of that is be, it became this almost anxious attachment style, yeah. which I've like thrown myself into attachment style reading, and it's... Oh my god. Literally uncovering a hole. It is. It's uh, so I, me and my coworker had a conversation about it today, and I was like, this is something that is not talked about at all, and it needs to be. It's um, talked about a lot in therapy, especially if you go into therapy like with relationships. Yeah. They like my therapist quizzed me on it. Yeah. Like the first session we ever had. And by attachment styles, we mean like people have sort of different ways of navigating their relationships in their life based Mm. on childhood patterns so you're Mm. either you could be anxiously attached you could be avoidantly attached or you could be securely attached and most people fall into one of those three categories most of the time and usually opposites attract and opposites definitely attract yeah um anxious definitely attracts avoidant Mm -hmm. so my my taking on emotions 
made me anxiously attached to my caregivers because I didn't feel, I'm also reading Joe Dispenza's book right now, um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And it talks oh, yeah. about chemicals and neurons in your brain. And I, I'm not going to get into that because there's way too much. So much. But that feeling of carrying somebody's emotion became normal for me. Yeah. That I became attached to that feeling. Mm. And I started looking for it in my previous relationships and like even my friendships. I've really had to learn how to unattach, secure myself, boundary myself and provide it for myself. Mm. Um, which has been very difficult. Yeah. Like this is a very like vulnerable topic because it's so tough and it's something that like I'm definitely working on and it's very uh, I don't know it's (laughs) It's, tough yeah it's tough Hmm. I think because it runs deep like boundaries don't just run into decisions we make but it runs into our self-perceptions like the boundaries that we put up directly correlate not only with our attachment to people, but also how we see ourselves and how much we respect ourselves and how much we love ourselves and value ourselves, I think. And that's why I think it's so personal for each person because it's like, of course, everyone's boundaries will look different, but when you get down to like the nitty gritty of it, it's like, do you value yourself enough to set a boundary and put someone's feelings beneath your feelings in certain situations and that for like depending on how you grew up that can be really hard for me that's really hard like my feelings never came first ever yeah I was gonna say talk about your people pleasing yeah no I'm I mean part of that I wonder like if I take after like my dad in that way because he definitely has that more personality of like placating and like being the peacemaker and in many ways that's a good thing but like for me, it manifested also through my childhood of needing to be the person holding everything together. So I took on people's problems. Like mm. I was one of those therapist friends. You know what I mean? Like mm. I wasn't actually a therapist, but like I was like the little junior high, high school friend that all my friends would come to and like dump all their problems on. Like I attracted that and I let that happen. And I attracted a lot of like hurt people to my life because at home, I dealt with a lot of hurt and I absorbed that, you know, those issues. And I took that on being the oldest and like, I didn't realize how much that affected me until I was definitely, definitely until I was an adult, pretty much within the past like couple years. I always knew that about myself, but the scary thing is again, like hashtag religion, brainwashing, that was painted as a good thing. Mm. So for many years for me, they were like, you're a burden bearer, Mm. like, you bear people's burdens. Like that's your purpose like, of that's life. That's what Jesus did, and that's your purpose of life. Yeah, like kudos to you for taking on other people's shit. Basically, yeah, but screw your life. You yeah, like screw my peace, yeah. screw my happiness, literally. So yeah. it took me a real long time to finally be like, I don't want to be a people pleaser. And actually, like, I feel like my husband pushed me a lot to not do just what other people wanted me to do all the time. Even him, very much like know what you want and when I got into therapy it was always like what do you want what do you want what do you want and I was like I don't know mm-hmm. like my my boundaries are shot like I know at all times what people around me want and need and I never ever put myself first in those situations and it took me up until this past this past year doing that like to be able to do that so 
with people who grew up like that or grew up in situations where you have to kind of walk on eggshells um, or where you have to take care of people when you're much younger than you normally would be to take care of those people or if you were parentified um, or maybe you had friendships where they took advantage of you you can become people-pleasing, anxiously attached people, Mm -hmm. like myself, very people-pleasing, like, I'll do anything to make you happy and keep the situation calm, even at the expense of my peace and my happiness. And that was definitely how I was in relationships and friendships and everything. Like, I've shared stories before of things that I've let people get away with and the ways that I let myself be treated. And something funny happened when I started therapy I suddenly realized, like, I don't remember when it was, but all of a sudden, I kind of started to feel like a bitch. Like, Mm. because I wasn't taking people's shit anymore. You know, you're not the first person to tell me that. I, like, for some reason, like, I'm also the therapy friend. Yeah. But I also don't really have a problem with, I don't want to say confrontation, but, like, yeah no you're definitely putting up a wall sometimes Mm -hmm. and so I have definitely had like two or three friends now who we've talked about boundaries and they're like Anna like I feel like a bitch sometimes and I'm like sometimes you need to feel that way because you need to protect yourself like the biggest misconception that I really don't agree with anymore is that like being selfish is bad Mm -hmm. because being selfish sometimes is the best thing you can do for yourself and others being selfish without harming others, I yeah. should disclose, right? Like, saying no. Um, so, okay, I guess let's move forward in timeline. So we kind of talked about the past, where it came from. Mm. Now we've become aware of it. We've talked about it. How have you implemented boundaries successfully? Um, maybe what have you tried that, like, didn't work? Or has, like, everything that you've tried kind of worked with boundaries? Like, what have you been doing in this last, you know six months to a year where you're like okay like you said I feel like a bitch so Mm -hmm. (laughs) well first I moved that process like first I was angry so I spent some time feeling quite angry um at situations and people around me that were disrespectful because I was learning to come into my own you know like it's like I was finally coming to a place where I was like I'm only gonna accept so much someone said something oh my god it was so good hopefully it'll come to me about boundaries basically being like you knowing what you can accept what you will tolerate and what you will absolutely not put up with all the non-negotiables yes so it's like you have these yeah three tiers yeah tiers rings of things yeah and being able to sort that and knowing that for yourself and it not being influenced by anyone else. Yeah, that's the key. Is First that's of all, is knowing it. Yeah. A lot of people don't know. I, until asked that question to myself, literally flat out in my journal, like, what are these things for me? You yes, don't know what great. they are. Yeah, and that's a great exercise. Like, figuring it, asking yourself the questions. Like, I didn't know. But thankfully in my life, certain situations started to happen that made me realize, like, oh, I will put up with this oh, I won't tolerate that. Mm -hmm. I had a couple instances of receiving, being on the receiving end of passive aggression. Mm. And I I learned I do not tolerate (laughs) passive aggression, like, at all. Like, I find it extremely disrespectful. I'm very much like, say what you mean, mean what you say type of person. And I realized I felt this anger (laughs) 
And I was like, oh, a boundary is being crawled. Like, they're like, oh, here we go. That's what that feels like. Somebody's crawling over the fence. That's what it feels like. Somebody's trying to get in, like a burglar. Yeah, and that was the first time in my life. Because you know what? When you're a people pleaser and someone disrespects you, it just feels like the sort of, like, passive acceptance of what's I mean happening. yeah you just open the door and let, yeah. let's put a let's put a house into this metaphor this is easy to work I with. I love it, the house the fence and the, <laughs> the fence yeah the fence is your yes. boundary and mm-hmm. what you did before was you open the fence and the door yep let then, people walk yeah. all in snop their muddy shoes everywhere <laughs> the muddy shoes make a mess disrespect yeah. my animals and leave you know what I mean like <laughs> animals like slap a dog and walk <laughs> like that's what it felt like yeah but like I had no um no like I don't want to say fortress but like no no safety yeah no no backbone backbone. of the house no core no roots so when I first started to feel angry I didn't resist that not that you don't have a backbone I just want to say I definitely do you do have a backbone a backbone of boundaries is different though yeah and I always have and I think people who struggle with boundaries they're not weak it's just they haven't receive the tools which is why we talk about this they just haven't received the tools and done the work oh my god it's work like boundaries is like maybe what 10 percent planning it out yeah the other 90 percent is actually implementing them and maintaining them practicing practicing Practicing. screwing up practicing again and Mm -hmm. succeeding yeah and people will not always respect your boundaries the first time you put the boundary out there you have to constantly maintain that fence you got to put in put new bricks put new bricks (laughs) on that baby i guess it's a brick fence you gotta put bricks on there oh you can't really put like wooden fence higher but some electric wire on it it was like chicken wire this is a ghetto area scrap it scrap i'm gonna it. come back to it though we don't need it um yes but i felt angry and then i accepted that anger and i used it to decide now ironically my dad is someone who I feel like I definitely get some of my people pleasing from, but he is very good at boundaries. Mm. Like he, well, he was always good at teaching me when to have boundaries. Like there were times in my like teenage years where like people would treat me some type of way. And my dad was like, absolutely not like, absolutely not. And I credit him for me never being in an, like an abusive situation, like relationship wise. Cause he was always teaching me what to accept and what not to accept, mm. which is great. So even as an adult, I go to him still and I'm like, what should I do, like, in this scenario with this person? And he'll give me something really good, like, a good boundary to implement. Mm -hmm. And it's because of him that there's been a lot of situations, like, (laughs) I can tell this story because it's an older one, so the people are no longer affected by it, but um, my old job, I worked with this girl, um, and she had a boyfriend, like, they were long-term, too, they'd been dating for, like, a few years, I think they lived together, like, it was, like, serious, and at the time, I was dating someone, um, and it was, like, early days, casual type situation, but they wanted to double or triple date, I think we went on, like, some sort of, like, crazy triple date with, like, three couples, and we had a fun time, I met her, you know, her boyfriend, like, I'd always seen him come into the place that I was working and like wait for her and pick her up and stuff but I never had conversation with him because he was quiet and frankly weird (laughs) so we all hang out we had a group chat that we made to like do more hangouts just the girls no everyone oh okay I feel like these are important details (laughs) thank you (laughs) 
Ask the narrating for the class. Thanks, guys. Um, so, next morning, I wake up after we'd hung out the night before, and I get a text from that boyfriend, her boyfriend. And he just said, like, hey. And I was thinking, oh, maybe he's texting me to verify plans, because, like, I am the plan maker of the group. <laughs> like, that's how I am as a person. So, I was like, maybe That's he's... a boundary we don't need to work on. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I make the plans, okay? Maybe he's so texting me. That fence is up <laughs> and closed. No one else Y'all can cannot be, break through that. No one else can be a plan. I will take over. Uh, sorry. So I'm thinking like, oh, you know, maybe he's trying to plan things with me for, because we had been talking about doing something for another event. So I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, what do you need? I work with your girlfriend. Like, what's up? Um, anyway, he proceeds to like hit on me. story was gonna go you were wrong i thought you were gonna say something like he texted me saying how upset he was that i disrespected his girlfriend like i thought there was a boundary no this this is nowhere in my hit on you this man hits on me stop and then he says but not in the group chat right he got your number and ran one-on-one and i'm like thinking (laughs) i work with your girlfriend like what's wrong with you and i was dating someone that he had just spent hours with the night Who before cares? yeah he was like Not whatever important. clearly nothing matters to him. so he hits on me and then he basically told me that he wanted to date me or something like, he made a move like he was like i want to be with you and i was <laughs> He's like, like i choose you from the group <laughs> i was like it doesn't work that way <laughs> this wasn't a swinging situation like stay with yours and I'll which of course if that's what you want to do you're more than welcome to yeah, but that's absolutely. not what the triple date there was, was no for. consent for that at <laughs> oh all oh my gosh so i'm like no dude you got me twisted you got me effed up so what did you do i'm like you have me messed up if you think i'm not about to take <laughs> screenshots and send these directly yeah. to girlfriend right yeah. so i do that okay the, the plot thickens <laughs> i take the screenshots because i am that girl and i send them to her immediately um i can't remember if i blocked him immediately or not i don't remember those details it's been years but i send them to her and i say hey like i'm really 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 sorry about this like i can't imagine how much this might hurt you to see because this is her living boyfriend of like x like four or five years and i was like this like he just sent me these messages like i obviously reject him i i'm really sorry i don't know what to do but i'm not comfortable she responds to me <laughs> all these years later i can't get over this and she says that i am lying <laughs> that i have fabricated these text messages and proceeds to tell me that i she basically called me a hoe like <laughs> i knew it. i knew she was going to say you're yeah. a hoe. <laughs> I'm not a hoe. I mean, be a hoe if you want. I'm not a hoe. Um, I was dating someone. Stop. Like, I was just super confused. And I was really, like, shocked. Yeah. Because I thought, yeah. like, girl code, you know? No, no. So she took me, I mean, she had me messed up. <laughs> Both of them oh did, my apparently. God. This couple. Like, yeah. Y'all need to. They were playing games. They are playing mad games. So I'm like. That's like some Chuck and Blair. Like, oh dirty God. <laughs> I'm just, like, confused at this point. So that was a Gossip Girl reference, by the way, for those that don't know. Hopefully, everyone was that. I don't know. Some people don't. Some, some people don't. So I'm thinking I work with this girl. Like, what is it? Because she was like rude to me via text, and That's I was like, we're about to have. I would have just gone to your boss. We're about to have a problem in person. Yeah. 
So the conversation kind of continued back and forth where I defended myself. I was like, I'm definitely not a hoe. I wasn't trying to get your boyfriend and he sucks basically. And she was, you know, just pushing, pushing. And I was like, okay. So I talk, I remember I went to my dad. That was the whole point of this. I went to my dad. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, we need to loop back to <laughs> yeah. boundaries. Looping back. No, it's like, a good comedy um, relief though. We're getting there. <laughs> I talked to my dad and he's like, okay, look, he basically gave me advice on how to do the whole thing. He was like, just respond to her and tell her that you're not having this conversation, that y'all will be civil, and like, that's it. And I was like, okay. So I texted her and I said, look. My what? dad said <laughs> to tell you. Do you get the Kevin Hart reference? I do, I do. <laughs> Good one. My mama said. Tell you. I said, we are not friends. <laughs> We will not be hanging out anymore. <laughs> Literally word for word what you just said. It was, a te- it was very straightforward. We will be civil at work. There will be no shade thrown. <laughs> I said, if I see one weird look from you, I will go to HR. I don't give a frick. I'm just kidding. I, I really was, though. I was like, we will get along and act like nothing happened because I'm not going to go to work every day and be miserable. Because of your cheating boyfriend. Because of your problems. Yeah. And I said, we're no longer in communication. I'm ending this. We're I'm good. blocking him. I'm blocking you. We're good. Yeah. No. And I blocked her and I blocked him. So that for me was, a. I mean, that was like my first professional pounder because then... I mean, workplace is hard. It is hard. Very yes. hard. And I went to work, and my dad was like, nothing happened. Just be yourself. Treat people like how you treat people. And I did. And I was respectful to her. I could tell she was, like, so confused Probably the so first couple weeks. Off. Yeah. She was just, like, hesitant and, like, scared of me. There's no reason to be scared of me. But I was like, I just treated her nicely. A couple months later... She pulls me aside at work and ends up apologizing for the whole thing. Mm, of course. And lo and behold, like, her, that guy, I mean, that was not the end. He got fake numbers and reached out to me, and, like, he still was trying it, and I still A would send her the message. one. Yeah. And she finally ended up believing me. I don't think she broke up with him, but at least she believed me and didn't blame me for it. But it was just, like, I felt like I really stood my ground and it was able to say, like, I won't tolerate this treatment from you. Mm-hmm. Instead of just being, like, you know, feeling bad or ignoring it or blaming myself. None of that was my fault. I did not invite you into my space. I did not ask mm-hmm. you to text me. I did not ask you to not believe me about your boyfriend. But it was just that first step for me for learning how to make a boundary, how to really be classy about it. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to be a jerk to people to get your point across. Yeah, having, can be that's very wisdom. Firm. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. That's yeah. definitely wisdom that I, it's so obvious in people that have it. Mm-hmm. The class, right? Like like you said, yeah, having class, it's the way that you communicate it. It's the way that you handle yourself after. Like, it's so many little things that, those are the fine tunings, right? So I, I like that you brought up that story. Um, besides it being total comedy, uh, I <laughs> and literally it demands respect. I did not think that that's how it was gonna Dude. go. Me neither. But <clears throat> boundaries really are in a workplace. Boundaries are in friendships. Boundaries are in relationships. And boundaries, honestly, are with yourself. Yeah. Like I have had to set boundaries with myself of like whether I needed to pull pull myself out of a rut or I needed to just like calm down and think like there are definitely moments where I've had to be like okay you know that this is an emotional response 
like your boundary is that you need to separate yourself like maybe it was an ego response right anything that you have to have a conversation with yourself you're setting boundaries yourself as well Mm. um so i saw something one time that like compared having boundaries with yourself to like self-care yes like having routines even like yeah. going to bed on time or like doing that is a your boundary work. yeah you're putting your phone away and going yeah. to sleep yeah like telling yourself you know making decisions when to do things for like eating like sleeping well like just basic taking care of yourself mm-hmm. things are boundaries because you're keeping yourself in a state of like the best that you can be basically and not allowing yourself to slip into, aside from obviously like mental health struggles and stuff like that, but like not allowing yourself to slip into something where you can lose your health and lose your stability even. Like self-care I think is a huge, do you have any boundaries with family members? Yeah, I do now. Um, very, my my thing with boundaries is that for me to take the first step, I had to know that people wouldn't leave if I set a boundary. Hmm. And if they left, then it was for the best. Like that, because of my anxious attachment style, Yeah, it is that thought of, okay, if I say no to this person, are they going to flee? And then I'm going to, of course, feel guilty that they're fleeing because I said no, right? Which now... Being in therapy and, like, being at my age and doing Authentic Collective, obviously, if I set a boundary and you can't respect it or you have a really crappy response, well, that's a red flag and you need to go. Like, despite your feelings about that, it's, like, you know your worth. It's, like, your worth is more important than how you would feel if someone left because of a boundary you set. Yeah, there's a certain... There's also, I think, a certain just basic level of dignity and self-respect. Like, I think... My grandmother um, was the best at that. I have never seen or heard a classier woman just... My grandma was the kind of person where we would be on a bus, like public transportation, right? My grandma always had her hair done, her nails done. She always had makeup on, like literally up to her... Like she was in the hospital and she was like, please bring me my makeup. And I was like, okay. Um, Love my grandma to death. But we were sitting on a bus and I was like maybe 12 or 13 and these kids, this was in Russia by the way, these kids are sitting behind us and they're just like using cuss words like interchangeably in the sentence, you know, very, very kind of basic street talk is mm-hmm. what it's called. And I kid you not, my grandma turns around and she goes, excuse me, young gentleman, but there's ladies here in your presence, so please watch your language. <laughs> I, when I tell you I died in that bus seat, I, like, cried to my mom that night because I was so embarrassed. But you want to know the most shocking thing is that the guys stopped cussing and they apologized. Hmm. And so it's things like that of literally setting a boundary with a stranger. Like, she didn't care. Like, I was like, Grandma, they could have beat you up. You know, like, they're, like, (laughs) young rascals, guys that couldn't be like, well, what do you know, old lady? Bam, bam. Like, (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) <laughs> okay, DC Comics. <laughs> Way too many action movies. <laughs> I'm scared. What did you see this weekend? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but like, you, you, the the reason I said that is because you never know somebody's response, right? Like, you don't know how they're gonna respond to yeah. you setting a boundary. And you know so, what that makes me think of? Like, boundaries are you not being afraid to take up space. Yes, and you not being afraid of retaliation if there, God forbid, is retaliation. Mm. To take up the space that you deserve on this planet. Without fear. Without fear of 
what someone could do or say to you. Yeah, in retaliation. And you know how that is achieved? Through self-confidence. And you know how self-confidence is achieved? Through empowerment. (laughs) And self-care and self-love. Yeah, okay, so let's talk... (laughs) Why are we... (laughs) We're going to make this a serious episode. I mean, this is... This is serious. As serious as we get. This is serious. Boundaries are serious. Offenses. Don't take yourself too seriously. Very serious. Um, the reason... Okay, so... The reason... The reason we kind of went down that path is now... So we've kind of covered the past. We've covered some examples. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what is your process? If you can... I think you can break it down into steps because I think we've talked about it like this before. I love steps. What... <laughs> As the most type A person. <laughs> Just kidding, I resonated with that. I know. Um, can you in steps break down of let's say let's say somebody says something or does something, mm-hmm. you feeling it, you realizing a boundary is being broken, you working through that, you setting a boundary. Yeah. So what yeah, is that? examples of those steps for you? Step one, listen to your feelings. So when I when someone crosses a boundary for me, usually my first feeling is anger. And sometimes I see red. Like, depending on how serious the boundary is, there are some things where, like, I see red. Okay, let's, yeah, okay, extreme boundary breaking, mm-hmm. I think, let's throw that in the end. I want to come back to that. Yeah. Let's not forget. <laughs> extreme boundary okay. breaking. bookmarked. Yes. So, yeah, but whatever it's your like response normal. is to it, and everyone's going to have a different response, so maybe you don't get angry, maybe you get sad, maybe you get emotional, Maybe, yeah, whatever. You could have different responses to it. So I get pissed usually first when someone crosses a boundary. And instead of acting on that mm. immediately, I stop and I think about why. Ah, uh, so you're feeling the feeling without going into the story. Yes. I do not make up a story in my head. I try really hard to not do that because I know... I, I, do te- I do believe the best about people. Like, I do believe that in a lot of situations, people are just doing the best that they can. And people don't always mean to cross your boundaries. Sometimes they don't realize they're doing it. And most of the time in my life, that's been the case. So I don't immediately go into, like, you're my enemy, you know, yeah. attack mode. Because I know that I can get vicious. You also, as an empath, and people that are empaths, usually do not blame the other person first. We usually blame ourselves. So you're probably experiencing something more like shame or guilt versus, oh, I hate that person. I hope they... In the past, for sure. Croak. In the past... (laughs) What is wrong? (laughs) Croak. Bam, bam. (laughs) In the past... I was definitely, it was like a shame spiral because I wouldn't enforce, Shame spirals are so common. Yes. In in poor boundary setting. Yes, for sure. So I would feel shame, but now I just feel the feeling. Pay attention to the feeling. Step two, ask the questions. Why am I feeling this way? So that, this part is what takes me most of the time. Like if you were to break it down into like chronological steps. Please do. This would take me anywhere from like, I don't know, maybe a couple minutes to, like, three to five business days, you know? Like, <laughs> the only business days we don't work on weekends. We do not talk about weekends. <laughs> weekends, I shut down. <laughs> I am zen. I am zen. No, but for real. Like, it will take me sometimes a couple days of, and sometimes talking to other people about it um, and venting a little bit and then maybe pointing out to me, maybe that bothers you, you know, because, why does that Yeah, gathering, you? gathering intel. Getting the data. Yes. We love data. Gathering intel. You love data. data. And 
So, okay, so someone crossed my boundary. I got pissed. I asked myself, why am I feeling pissed? And I realized, oh, because maybe it connects to something in the past. Maybe it doesn't. It doesn't always have to. But you get to a point where you realize, because that behavior is not okay with me. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? So then step three for me is plan of action. <laughs> bam, bam. <laughs> Knock them out. <laughs> so then what I, no, step three is critical. Critical. No one saw your handguns. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to not do those. cha <laughs> Step, the, the, the cover photo for this podcast should be handguns. <laughs> step okay. three is critical. Because step three is, is this important enough for me to have a conversation with that yes. person? Yes, oh. That is critical oh, because is... not every boundary requires a conversation. Wow. Say that again. Say it again. I'm going to do it. Not every boundary requires a conversation. And that is on self-care and being allowed to feel how you want to feel and realizing that sometimes the best thing for you to do is to not have the conversation. Or to walk away. Mm -hmm. So you have to decide that. And that's personal. And that depends on the... So like, for example, my earlier example of a workplace... Yeah. That most of the time will require a conversation because that is where you're spending eight hours of your day every day, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't always escape that person. So in that instance, that required a conversation. I've had other instances where it hasn't. Um, like when it comes, the closer the relationship, the more likely you'll need a conversation. Yeah, I agree. Right? So like it just depends. And I think that's something that, like I said, you should feel out and just maybe talk to people. And like I go to my dad, get advice. Like do I, I think need to it talk also to this depends person? on who you're dealing with. If you For know sure. that the person you're dealing with, which you may or may not know, but you can, uh, I don't want to say assume, but you can play out some scenarios if you know that the other person could have a really negative response. Yeah. And it doesn't take a lot for you to have a conversation. Just have the conversation. Or... If you know that this is a person that can emotionally manipulate you. Yes. Or cry about it and make you feel guilty for establishing the boundary. Gaslighting. Gaslight you. Maybe don't have the conversation. I have boundaries with people, certain people, about not telling them certain things. And they will never know. Yeah. I just have that boundary for myself, for my own sanity and mental health. And I've never had to have a conversation with them about it. So it kind of comes down to like, it was it disrespect? Was it, you know, yeah. Was it disrespect? Was it them not being healthy, you know, as a person? Uh, obviously for some people, boundaries get serious to the point where they have to cut people out of their life. Yeah. Like I've had to do that with friendships. Um, that's been like not even a conversation. That's just been like a, this is done type situation. So it's, it just varies. That's step three. That's the most important too, I think, because that's the critical step. And like we talked about earlier, you can do that in a way that's respectful. I don't believe that you need to fight disrespect with disrespect. I really don't. Like, I'm very classically moral in that regard. Like, I've found in my life that that never works anyway, so. Which I do want to say that I totally agree with your steps. I think you spoke for both of us. I think that's why I was like, let me hop in because I don't need to retell it because I feel the exact same way. That's how I do it now, too. Yeah. Um, And I think, honestly, if you go to therapy you follow this model because I truly believe that this is one of the healthier models to follow of creating boundaries, setting them up, going through that process, Mm -hmm. right? Because 
you're not skipping any steps. You're feeling your feelings. You're understanding the situation. Yeah. You're gathering intel. Like, you have everything you need to make a round 360 good decision mm-hmm. and not, you know, come back to it or worry that you did something wrong or disrespectful. Yeah. Um, and it takes some courage. Like, muster it up, you know. It takes You will fuck up, too. Yes. Setting a boundary is hard, and sometimes, like, I think this is where grace for yourself and others comes in, that sometimes, like, I've definitely had moments now, even though I'm not as fiery or aggressive, I've had moments where I would say something that just didn't come out the best way, and I really hope that whoever is on the other side gives me grace, and honestly, grace to myself, like, hey, like, it's okay, what can you do, right, do you need to go back and apologize, do you just need to say screw it and keep moving on, like, Mm -hmm. it's also very uniquely um, dependent on the situation. Yeah, and don't be scared, like, don't be scared to have that conversation. Your voice can be the shakiest it's ever been, but you're still setting a boundary. Yeah. You know? Write it down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it doesn't... Yeah. If, even if you freaking write out a script. Like, I've, I saw a TikTok of some girl quitting her job over the phone and she had it written out. You know? Like... Good for her. Do what you need to do. Like, and feel the fear. It gets easier with time. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate confrontation personally. So, con- the step three was always the hardest step for me. For sure. Mm-hmm. But as time has gone on, it's been easier and easier because of I've just been, like, more comfortable just communicating. Like, what I want and deserve without feeling like I'm being either pushed over or pushing them over. And it's just been very much respectful to both parties and ultimately respectful to myself. And then following that, though, is actually maintaining it. And I think that is the long game of boundaries, maintaining that boundary, like, holding it to yourself and holding the other person accountable, like telling them if they push it again, there could be consequences to that. So maybe they don't know the first time, but once you've had that conversation, there is no excuse they know, right? So if they do it again, then that's your responsibility to be like, hey, we talked about this. I did not want this to happen again. So now... XYZ. Now we're in extreme boundaries. That's exactly, I was like, oh man, come back to it. Yeah. That's a great tangent. So you have done the boundary work, you've set boundaries. And by the way, everything that we said about setting boundaries with somebody else pretty much works the same way as setting a boundary with yourself. Yeah. It just becomes an internal dialogue. Yeah, for sure. But okay, so you set a boundary, a boundary is broken, a boundary is broken Mm -hmm. again. It becomes an extreme boundary situation. Somebody has violated your values Somebody has violated you. Somebody's violated your mind, emotions. And now they're probably doing it on purpose. And now they're probably doing it on purpose, which is just narcissistic manipulation. and Just if it's repetitive, pretty messed up at that point. Yeah. What is. What's your action? Like dealing with people who do that. Um, no, let me. Sorry. Let me narrow the question. Yeah. What is your response to yourself about how you feel either A, having to reset the boundary Mm -hmm. or walking away? What is that internal dialogue for you? It depends on, honestly, for me, it comes down to who who are they? Is it worth it? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Mm -hmm. Like, we all know, like, we have our inner circle. We have, and then we have circles of people and importance going out from there. And I think it's really important to know who's in your inner circle because he, I don't want to get into the gray area of dealing with shit from your family 
because I understand that family can be just as toxic as strangers can be to you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to say, oh, you will put you put up with it because it's your family member or your blood. I don't believe in that. But, I mean, who are they to you emotionally? Like, are they important to you enough that you feel like it's still worth re-implementing and working on mm. and having another conversation? Um, is there something else that needs to be talked about? You know, is there something underlying there? Uh, or are they just not worth it? And yeah, you can afford to walk away from it. Like in a relationship, especially in dating scenarios, I'm mostly pro option two mm. because I personally don't believe in wasting your time um, in a dating situation. If someone's already repeatedly breaking your boundaries, that's just a yeah. sign for what they're going to do that's in just the like future. Red flags, yeah. Red flag <laughs> after red flag. Yeah, see it as a red flag. I definitely agree with that. I think it looks a lot at pattern and time, right? Like, I have, like, one of my best friends, like, we've gone through our ups and downs for sure, and yet, over the course, I know that at the end of the day, if I need them, they're there, right? So, it's like, okay, if there's a boundary being broken, what is the boundary being broken, first of all? Why is it being broken? And then it's like, hey, like, let's talk about this, because I know that you have my back. I know that you're, like, a person in my circle. You're my tribe. Exactly. But even then, that can switch, right? There can be situations that may be non-negotiables for you, that that person all of a sudden becomes non-tribe, becomes almost enemy. Needs to be um, kicked out. So yeah, this is a very or I was gonna say situation specific. Going back to the work example, yeah. If it's work and someone repetitively breaks a boundary, then that's when maybe you need to go to someone above you. Yeah. That's when maybe you take it to other people. boss, HR. Yeah. So Well that's like couples couples go bring in a therapist. Sure, yeah. That's right. A we just example. don't bring in therapists into work. We have our bosses and a boss is a boss. Eventually there's HR if it's like something serious like that. That's a great example, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's always there's always the option to get help mm-hmm. and to have somebody step in. Um, and I think that's really important to remember and not to shy away from because I think a lot of people think that I have to do this on my own. I know I felt that way too sometimes. Yeah. I'm always like, oh, I need to think about it on my own, set it on my own, and really only deal with it on my own. But at the end of the day, that is why you have your tribe. That is why you have people close to you. You can get a mentor, you can get a therapist, like you can have people that can listen and help, also help you understand yourself as well. I would 100% recommend if you are bad at setting boundaries to look into therapy. I agree. Um, Because this is the type of thing that affects your quality of life. Yeah. It just does. Like if you live your life with flimsy boundaries, weak boundaries, with a busted broken fence... (laughs) It will affect your life and you will feel and you will feel very tired and very maybe walked on and just yeah. you're not going to feel empowered or mm. confident if you don't have good boundaries. So I recommend therapy. It's worked for the both of us or surrounding yourself with people who are good at building boundaries, who are good at keeping boundaries, surrounding yourself with people who have their own, yeah. even with you. <clears throat> You know, we, we don't all have to be completely open, you know, free, whatever with each other. Like, there are things that we can, you and I have talked about this before, yeah. in our own friendship. Like, times that we can talk oh, about things. Oh, that's a good thing for friendships. Yeah. <clears throat> like, um, I think the classic example and what we're kind of referencing to is, okay, say I have something going on and I'm, like, really upset and I want to talk to Anna about it. We try to run that by each other first. Yeah. Like, hey, are you free? 
first of all, yeah. <laughs> and then second of all. Like, what's your um, capacity at? Yeah. yeah, like, I'm really upset right now. Like, you know, there's something serious. Can yeah. we talk? Yeah, and if it, if we can't, then we're very honest about that. If we're busy, then we're very honest about that. Um, Which that just, like, that just takes time, and that takes communication again. It's communication. Right, and, like, we've definitely, I think, had moments where, like, one rubbed the other the wrong way, and we're like, oh, well, like, she didn't answer the phone. It's like, no, you, you communicate, you work through, and you try again. Yeah, because it's worth it to us. but yeah I think that's I think there's there's so much every topic there's so much Mm -hmm. but boundaries really is being honest being aware asking yourself the questions and not being afraid of setting the boundaries because the people that are meant to be there will respect your boundaries help you build them and help you keep them strong like they will come and help you repaint your fence absolutely (laughs) repaint I had to brick and mortar like what are we what type of fence fence. is this (laughs) whatever fence you have your friends will come help there you go um but yeah no this was good this this was good because there was time from when we first talked about it to now to implement things and to see what worked and oh yeah we've had to do stuff since then for sure with people in our lives boundary wise but we hope that you guys gained something from this because i think i gained something from this for sure even if it is just solidifying my boundary beliefs. Yeah. Um, I feel good about my process. I feel yeah. proud of myself right now. Yeah, heck yeah. So yeah, heck yeah for these steps that we have. Honestly, go forth <laughs> into your day, into your week, and maybe start to examine, you know, if there's something nagging at you where you're like, you know what, I really need to address that. Mm. Don't be scared. Think about it. Talk with someone. Use be, You know, get someone to be your soundboard and address it. And see how it makes you feel. And if you really don't know, check out our Instagram page at the underscore authentic underscore collective, where we actually have a lot of posts about boundaries. We do talk a lot about boundaries. I think it's one of our favorite topics because it literally encapsulates. We say this about everything, but it does kind of touch everything in life. Um, But we will see you guys next week, and we hope you have a great week until then. Yeah, y'all have a good week. Bye-bye.